Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined again this week by Daniel Jackson. This will be our final episode of Pod Save the Queen before we rebrand as Pod Save the King. Everything will be the same. You'll still be able to listen wherever you normally do and our social media handles won't change, but the name will reflect King Charles's reign. New era, new reign, new weekly rep episodes. We feel extremely lucky to have such a dedicated, friendly and knowledgeable community around our little podcast, so we wanted this final episode under the Queen's title to be yours. We're going to be using the last Pod Save the Queen to share your memories, your stories and your tributes to our amazing monarch. Thank you so much to everyone who got in touch and shared their stories. It's been really really moving to go through them all um and I know we obviously asked people to send in their stories for the jubilee mm. uh, so I wasn't really sure if we'd you know kind of if people would still want to talk about it but we've been inundated and I found they've been some of them have had me quite emotional some of them have had me laughing like an absolute <laughs> crazy woman in the middle of the office at these funny stories and obviously I'm listening to them in my headphones so people I'm just sitting there in the corner giggling see I, I'm I'm here for the ride Zoe has done all of the hard work of ripping open the, the virtual post bag I suppose and having to go through all of these and this is one, one of those um Unwanted tasks of like kind of having to pick the creme de la creme because you yeah. can put so many of them in. It really isn't. Again, sorry to anyone that we've not been able to include, um, but I really, I've really personally love listening to them. So thank you very much. Now, before we uh, kind of move on, obviously, Russell and I, Russell is, by the way, uh, taking a well deserved rest at the moment, but he will be mm. back with us next week. Uh, but Russell Actually, and I. On that point, because last time I appeared, the first time I appeared on Pod Save the Queen, you mocked me because I tried to do the time space continuum oh, and failed. Yes. <laughs> so if all goes to plan, Russell was off last week for all of his hard work during the last uh, couple of weeks. And this week, you should be off for all of your hard work. So a thank you, because the work you've done over the last couple of weeks has been Herculean. And I'm hoping you're going to really, really have a wonderful bit of time off. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. A yes. message from the future. Yes. Stroke today, <laughs> depending on how you're listening. Yes, I'm going to be in Scotland. I'm going to turn off all internet, all mm. phones, and be in a... My phone's going to be on airplane mode for the entire duration of the plan. Oh, you're so going to swing by Balmoral or something. There's going to be some royal site. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you. Yes, yeah, if you anything on if you do on Instagram then I know that I failed my mission to, to take a break from technology and um, now obviously Dan joined me last time we did these stories for the Jubilee episode but for anyone who did listen last time I have banned him from doing accents this time around yes. while they were all lovely it didn't feel appropriate this time so no, this is no hopefully other Americans Canadians will be offended by Dan attempting attempting to do accents although this time. I will point out I also don't think we had any complaints last time either which, which <laughs> It is, is very impressive. Now, how obviously Russell and I have spoken at length about kind of how we learned and how we felt in the days after the Queen's passing as we all kind of came to terms with what happened. And, you know, once the shock started to wear off, how how are you feeling as obviously as someone that's been able to watch it and go through it or was 
slightly obviously still very involved working mm. in a newsroom but someone that's not quite whose life hasn't been quite as dominated by it as Russ and I was. I mean you say not quite as dominated so I mean I'm I'm not the royal expert I'm the guy that puts you know your audio together for you and you know over the years I've been doing this I've I've learned through you and Anne and Russell and all the other people who went before um so much more about the royal family but I'm exactly one of those people that you kind of just thought she'd be around forever. Mm. And then, you know, there's part of you working in a newsroom where you're like going, oh, no, please, please not today. Please not today. Please not today. And then, you know, the coverage begins as, as the news ripples out across the world. And I, I, I feel quite privileged to have worked in news and seeing this event kind of like spread throughout the world. And, you know, the, the focus that it's taken uh, from around the globe. Um tired because it's very very long days and there's so much to put together and also part of my day job is looking after comments from readers uh, across our network of websites so of course you're also not just processing your own thoughts about this massive news story and kind of thinking you know wow what service to the country but we're also kind of um, absorbing the emotion of all the people that are, are kind of trying to get in touch with like on our websites on the condolences book and that went on for probably two weeks mm. um you know there's something uh massively high like sixty-two thousand people signed the condolence book and each one of them has to be checked you know because occasionally you might get people trying to play up mm. um so yeah, it's it, so much so it, it, it pouring it, through yeah it, it was a massive thing and from i mean f for you for a lot of people in news it's like this is the one news story that we we kind of trained for and prepped for and and still on the day it was a massive thing mm. um so yeah and and also it's kind of it, it re it changes my opinion slightly when you know you have these bigger constitutional questions about oh do we need a monarchy do we need all this and yet at the same time you're kind of going 70 years yeah. of service Yep. And that thing that Anne Gripper, I think, was the first person to um, introduce me to it, never explain, never complain. Yep. <laughs> and there, there just isn't going to be a monarch of such reign, again, not in my lifetime, probably most people's lifetime. It's stunning and, and in a way, very humbling. It really is. Now, moving straight into uh, kind of the messages we've been sent off then, I'm going to start with Julie Thomas, who is from North Carolina. And she basically recalls she was living in London in the autumn of 1983. Uh, she was studying here uh, and she was a history major um, and describes herself as very interested in British history. Uh, she said that she was enchanted by the Prince of Princess and Wales and would, ever, would try and see them as much as she could when she was here, which I don't blame her for because mm -hmm. I think lots of our listeners uh, do that, especially um, things. So she said that one day uh, the court circular showed that the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh would be at the Guild Hall in the evening. So she, she decided to go down. She writes, my class ran late and it was raining. I grabbed something to eat and walked in the rain while eating. I showed up outside the entrance into the guild hall and no one was there apart from a few members of the press and security. I'm sure this bit's not true, but she said, I'm sure I look like a drowned rat and that she had <laughs> makeup all over her face. Um, I'm sure that's not true, Julie. I'm sure you looked absolutely lovely. Um, but she said that she was quickly approached by security who asked her why she was there. I explained and they decided I posed no threat, but stayed close to me. After a while, a Royal Bentley or Rolls Royce pulled up. The interior lights were on and I saw the Queen and Prince Philip. 
They exited the limo and walked in front of me and were greeted by the Lord Mayor of London. I would guess they were less than 30 feet away. It was very excited, exciting to see her that close up. I have photos and cherish that memory and other memories of seeing royal members, royal members of the family in person. That, I think, is just a, a really... Because it's such a small thing. It's someone getting out of a car and going in. Mm. But as you said, that was in the eight, that was in the eighties, and just the fact that she had these influence of people that someone would go out, stand in the rain, just to be in their presence for a very short amount of time. I thought was just really, really nice. And again, it proves the point. You know, the an, an encounter with the Queen, the sighting of the Queen stays with people for decades. Yeah, it really does. And that's actually lots of the stories that dropped in were people saying. It's still something we talk about all the time, um, which is really lovely. Uh, I've now got a lovely message from Irene that I'm going to play for you, who sent us this on Instagram. Irene from Buckinghamshire. I queued on Wednesday for nine hours, and it was a very surreal experience. It was physically very brutal, but every time you felt pain, you just think, well, this is nothing compared to the 70 years she did for us right up until her dying week. And as soon as you step into Westminster Hall... Any pain or exhaustion just disappears because of the history and majesty and silence in that room. It really overwhelms you and it sinks in that the Queen has gone. And you realise what we've lost because I didn't think I would feel this upset and unsettled at her passing. Um, on reflection now, it has really left me with a sense that we have a duty ourselves to pass on to the next generation who won't experience her firsthand what she gave and taught us about staying calm and seeing strength in silence and stillness. And so overall, it was terribly sad, but it was definitely an experience I will never forget. Oh. So Irene was obviously one of the thousands of people who queued up uh, to see the Queen as she was uh, lying in state. And what I loved about Irene's message is just, and that's something that I hadn't really thought about before, is we will obviously all remember the Queen's reign, but the next generation will remember bits of it and, you know, people that are young now won't and kind of passing on the, obviously we will have King Charles, but what the Queen did was so amazing and making sure future generations remember that, I think was actually a really, a really lovely message uh, from Irene. So thank I, you very I, much. I think it's fascinating to think of the monarch of our entire lifetime is now the preserve of history books. People will be taught the second Elizabeth, Elizabethan age in yeah. school. And they go, it just, it doesn't even chip off the tongue properly. Like no, it just second. sounds strange. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she, she'll know, she will not be forgotten, but she's going to be part of like, you know, every school kid growing up is going to learn about her. Uh, the next uh, message we've got, which uh, Dan, you're going to read for us, for, uh, for us. But I really like this because again, it just shows this is a great example of not just the queen, the queen's presence, but also how the excitement around her was brilliant. And it wasn't just seeing the Queen. It was the account of everyone getting there and everyone being part of the community and everyone getting really involved. So, yeah, this is words from Paul Graham. The year is 1957, open brackets. I think, looking at when she went there, there were two dates and the other one, I think, was too late, close brackets. <laughs> and my mum is one of many school children lining the streets that were given the day off to go and greet the newish queen on her first visit as monarch to Spondon in Derbyshire. The roads are shut. Everyone's waiting. My mum's brother and sister are there, along with my grandmother. All of a sudden, people start waving their flags and people think the queen is coming. She is not. Not yet, anyway. 
A bright green motorcycle and sidecar comes along loudly. As people wave their flags, my mum's sisters shout out, It's Dad! Look! (laughs) Dad's coming! Waving their flags excitedly, somehow my grandfather had got through the police closure, oblivious to what was going on, probably thought it was roadworks, and as he chortled through on the motorcycle he'd made from the other bikes, plus a sidecar, painted pea green, everyone stopped waving their flags and stared, except my mum, my aunt, uncle and me. They got louder, and as they screamed, Dad! Dad! With my grandma ducking out of the way in embarrassment, (laughs) pretending her children weren't hers. Eventually, and not long after, in a beautiful car was the Queen and the Duke. The crowd started waving again, and my granddad was shouting to get my grandma's attention. Not sure if she carried on hiding. They saw the Queen, and my mum has never forgotten. (laughs) You can just imagine that difference of children's excitement of seeing dad in this position and wife's horror of being like what are you doing you're about to cause a national security drama but i I mean think about it It, it, it's it's a little bit evil but it must be so easy to do that those events where like because the crowd follows crowd yeah so if 10 people just decided to start going whoop here comes the queen and she's still half an hour away you can have quite a few false starts yep very true (laughs) that is very true now next on to claudia uh who is from america and I really like this story. Uh, So she says, I remember learning about the Queen as a child in Florida. And then when I couldn't figure out what to wear for Halloween, my big sister came up with the idea of dressing me up as Her Majesty. Very respectfully, I might add. So she said that they went through their mother's closet and costume jewellery and created the desired effect. Um, It was a case of countless others. I admired Elizabeth II and could scarcely imagine a world without her. And I thought that was so, you know, dressing up as the Queen is something we've seen lots of photos of people doing. Mm. But it was so, that must have been a really good, like, emergency Halloween costume of, like, let's go through mum's wardrobe. We haven't got anything. We haven't done the shop. Go and get some <laughs> pearls. Go and get, a, you know, a brightly coloured dress. Um, but the fact that there was, you know, a little Queen walking around America, and there's not a date on this, unfortunately. Um, Zoe is being very diplomatic because there's another bit of message saying, I think I still have photos. And Claudia from Minnesota, you can send us those yes, photos. Yes, I would like, I would love to see that. I didn't see the photos. Um, but yeah, it was, I really loved that. I think that's really cute. Um, I've never been, never done the Queen's fancy dress. After a, see, a kind of um, suitable morning period, do you think it would be something you would do? I don't know when's okay to do it. I mean, I'd avoid Halloween, but I suppose the other, uh, it, it's kind of, you know, when people do those kind of like um, come as your icon parties. Yeah. Sort of, where, where it's like respectful fancy dress. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Up next, we've got a message uh, from Hayley Neff. Hi, Pod Save. My name is Hayley from Salt Lake City, Utah. I was lucky enough this summer to go to the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. It was so amazing to see London all dressed up and to spend a week celebrating Her Majesty and really relishing in all the good that she's done over the past 70 years as monarch. On the very last day, my sister and I were almost by luck and chance able to run down to the very front and see Her Majesty the Queen come out onto the balcony. I wasn't sure I would see her because she'd been having mobility issues and been ill. So it was so exciting to see her in her beautiful green outfit and sing along to God Save the Queen with everyone. It was amazing. Oh. I think what's really lovely about that, because obviously that's going to be one of the, the famous 
the famous images that kind of sticks with people of that last day of the Jubilee where she stood on the balcony with, you know, her son, her oldest son, her, well, her three heirs. Yeah. And then the rest of the family. So obviously there with Louis, Charlotte, George, um, in that beautiful green outfit. And she just looks so happy. Um, I, I think it's really important, you know, as part of the Jubilee celebrations and like, you know, her massively long reign. Uh, I think the balcony moments are always great for the public. But mm. I also hope in amongst all of that, that she got time kind of like before they go out on the balcony yeah. to be her family. Because like, again, they're always on the move. They're always on the go. And, you know, it's Granny's big day. So I hope that everybody was going to like, should we have a cup of tea before we go out Yeah, I hope so. Because there, there bit- is a room just behind yeah. the balcony. Um, so, yeah, I think they all meet in there and then decide when to go out. So, yeah, hopefully she got a bit of a, I'm assuming cause it was Louis' second attempt to see out there. And he was... Yeah. Very, very excited the time before, obviously. Um, so, yeah, you just imagine, the, hopefully, the kids running around and, you know, her just getting to spend time with them. That's really yeah. true, actually. And, yeah, to have them all together at those occasions was was very lovely. Um, up next, uh, you're going to kindly read from us. This is uh, someone from Canada, Michael, who lives in Toronto, uh, who's kind of explaining, even though he didn't get to meet the Queen, the kind of impact that she had over in Canada. I have never, unfortunately, met or seen the Queen, but that doesn't mean she didn't leave an impact on my life or the life of many Canadians. My older sister, however, did meet and present flowers to Her Majesty when she visited Canada back in 2002. The Queen commented on my sister's big, thick, brown, curly hair and thanked her for the flowers. It is a story still told in our house, even after 20 years have passed. But for me... Ever since my personal infatuation with the Queen, monarchy and royal family started, just something as simple as seeing a picture of her or seeing her on the Canadian news brought instant joy and a smile to my face. Her Majesty the Queen was such a special lady that even something as simple as seeing her smile will be my favourite memory of her. Just seeing her be the true definition of a life well served, a life of selfless service and love for her people will be something that I remember for the rest of my life. Although we may not live a life of public service, we can all learn from Her Late Majesty on how to live a life where we too can serve one another, help one another, and love one another selflessly, and the world will be a better place because of her. I will miss seeing her on our $20 bill, her yearly Christmas broadcasts, seeing updated pictures and videos of her, and seeing all the good she does bringing the world together through the Commonwealth. Here's to Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth the Great, and God Save the King. How beautifully put is that from Michael? That's like, that's like a little fairy tale. I know, I think he's, he's put us to shame in terms of our attempts of describing, and I think that's captured so well what everyone's, what everyone's feeling, really. Mm. Uh, Megan, uh, who lives in Washington, um, has also said, so she actually came to the UK for the Jubilee. Uh, so Queen Elizabeth II was a huge inspiration to me. And I feel that with her loss, we also lost the values of a different era that she represented, which are sorely needed in today's society. Her dedication to service, humbleness, grace and gentle manner are some of the qualities that I hope to, car- to carry on to the current and future generations to come. I feel very lucky to have lived during the time of Queen Elizabeth II. Strong words from Meghan also. Very strong. I just want to double check. I mean, we check Washington, Washington in America. There is a Washington in the UK. She may have 
No, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, US. Uh, yep. And we now have a, another message uh, from Keel Michael, who actually travelled to the UK for the Queen's funeral because he wanted to be part of the, the send-off. Um, so this is his message. Hello, Pod Save, and greetings from the US. My name's Kyle Mitchell, and I just wanted to send you a quick note and let you know that I was able to come over to London for a few days to attend some of the events surrounding the Queen's passing. I spent 12 hours in the queue waiting to walk past her coffin. I was front row along the Mall for the funeral procession on Monday. It was just an amazing emotional experience, one that I will never forget. The Queen held a special place in my heart for her dedication and service and values, and she will be greatly missed, not just by me, but by people all over the world. And I'm a big fan of your podcast, and I hope you keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Now, it feels very strange to say this, but we are, for one final time, going to end the podcast as Pod Save the Queen. May I May I just share something very, very briefly? Because you, you, mm. you, you, you had me with a little heart moment earlier <laughs> on in the office when we were talking about when do we do these? When do we change you know, yeah. some of these assets and sounds and stuff like that? And Zoe very kindly kind of went, I think we're going to do the audience episode with the last time because these, the pod really does belong to the listeners. And I was like, oh, heart shape moment. <laughs> because, it, because it's true. You, you know, none of us get paid any extra to do this. This is a labour of love for all the people involved. And um, But yeah, you do it for the listeners. So great listener response. Great listener um, messages. And yeah, Zoe, for one last time. Yeah, so from the kind of the four of us here, from myself, Anne, Russell and Dan. So thank you to everyone for listening. As I said last time, we will be back next week with Russell uh, for the first episode as Pod Save the King. But for, yeah, one final time, thank you for listening. We are on all social medias at Pod Save and Pod Save the Queen. Pod Save the Queen! 